good morning. Good morning to you online and good morning to you uh, listening in on the radio. Snyder Church, though we are scattered, we are gathered all across this community and globe around screens to worship our God. And so I hope that even through this screen that you would feel the welcome and the presence of Christ. Uh, before I get too much further, for those of you who haven't already, I want you to know that you can go to SnyderNBC.com right now and get an order of worship today. It shows everything that's going on and has the lyrics to all the songs, in addition to lyrics that will be um, right here on your screens as well. But you can go to SnyderNBC.com. There's a pop-up screen uh, for more information. Do that, and it's like the second bullet down. Click here for that uh, order of worship. Wanted you to know that you could do that. Oh, my name is Giles. It's good to see you. Psalm 40 says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me, and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see fear the Lord and trust in Him. Oh God, we come today, gathered wherever we may be, to see you and to honor you and to once again place our trust in you. God, fill us, fill our mouths with your song today and give us a firm place to stand through Christ our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In our homes, we meet to worship far away from this sacred space. By the Spirit, Christ is with us, making this a holy place. In these days of social distance, we are called to meet apart. You'll find the words on the screen, on the bottom of your screen, to these songs that we're going to sing. Many are familiar, you may not even need the text. But if you're not familiar, uh, we invite you to sing. Yes. 
and all will see how great, how great is our God. Great you are, O oh God, and worthy of all praise, worthy of all that we give, all that we are. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain, who takes away the sin of the world. Mm-hmm. Bless your name, O oh God, our rock. Our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen.
morning. We want to welcome each of you who are joining us by Facebook Live or online or or by the radio. We are glad that you're here. From this day and time, we keep using the word scattered, and that's who the church is. You know, for so long, we, we thought of the church as this building, but that is not who the church is. The church is us, the people, God's people, and we are out in the community going to make a difference. And so we are glad that you're here with us today. And Karen's going to come share a little bit about what you can do with our children while we're out from the building. That's right. There's much. You can sign up online if you go to our website, www.snydermbc.com, and click off the um, information that's there just temporarily so that you see the Operation Inasmuch logo. You can sign up for four projects. And so we've changed them up just a little bit. One is the Fellowship Hall packing. Our, our uh, nonprofits still need all of the stuff that we pack for them. So we're going to pack, we're going to set it up on Thursday, and you can come in on pack Friday morning or Saturday morning, either way, so that we can make the crowd less. We'll have gloves for you to protect, and we'll be spread out. So we hope that you'll come join us for that so we can get those things to our um, nonprofits. And then also, we're flower planting. It's not just for children anymore. It's for anybody who wants to come do it. And we'll have those all outside. You can come and plant a flower or three flowers, and we're also sending some toilet paper with them, and we're going to give you some addresses right here in our community, right here around Snyder, to say that we care about you, and if you have any needs, uh, you can contact us, and we'll see what we can do. So a good way to still be that scattered church, be the hands and feet of Christ here in our community. We're also going to do a few yard work. And so if you want to sign up for that, as many different people as we can get, we'll have different teams, small teams, that will go and do some yard work, mostly for our elderly. And then finally, uh, we're still going to be building some ramps on that day. So we could still use a few more people to help with that. So again, go and sign up. And while we're at it, while we're saying welcome, uh, make sure uh, if you're on Facebook to tell us that you're worshiping with us. We want to say hi to you. So again, we're glad that you're joining us in this way. Let's go be the hands and feet of Christ this week. Good morning, I'm Associate Pastor Bruce Herman. The Holy Spirit binds us together as Christ Church wherever we find ourselves today, whether it be at home, around a TV or a computer or a radio, or or some of you may be in your car, wherever you are. I'm going to ask that you join me as we pray together. And at the conclusion, will you join me in praying the prayer that Christ taught us to pray? Let's pray. Father, together we come before your throne. Grateful that through Christ we can come to you, first humbly, acknowledging that you are God, almighty creator of all. But we also come boldly, knowing that you made a way through Christ for us to approach you, to have a personal relationship with you. We come humbly and boldly, and this morning we come thankfully, thankful for your grace and for your mercy and for your love and for for the promise that you are always present with us. In these uncertain times, the one thing we can be certain of is you, of your love and of your presence. Father, we pray this morning for the families who are hurting physically and emotionally. Lord, grant them strength and comfort and your peace. And Father, we pray for your protection and wisdom over those who are involved in caring for others who have contracted the COVID-19. We pray for those that are anxious because of economic and emotional stress brought on by social distancing. Lord, grant employees, employees, calmness and assurance. 
God, our hearts ache for our young people today whose lives have been interrupted, probably most of all. Father, fill their minds with good thoughts. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will help them find productive things to do to fill their time while they're unable to attend school or spend time with their friends. This morning, we pray that you provide each family member with patience and wisdom for parents. Father, I pray for our fellow brothers and, Christian, brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, help us all to be the hands and feet of Christ as we care for the physical, emotional, economical, and spiritual needs of our friends and neighbors during this time. And friends, please join me as we pray as Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Christ 
Well, good morning and welcome to you who are joining us uh, worship, live stream, and, and uh, on the radio. Uh, most of you know this was supposed to be Youth Sunday, and I want to say a couple things about that. Number one, we are committed to making that happen. Uh, if we're still doing live stream and radio services uh, uh, after Easter, we will make it happen so that we can have our youth, particularly our seniors, uh, to have Youth Sunday here at Snyder Memorial Baptist Church. And secondly, since I didn't have a sermon on the series because of Youth Sunday, I wanted to do something consistent with our series on invitations. Uh, that has been invitations that Jesus uh, shares with us in the scriptures. This invitation is a little bit different from the book of Hebrews, but it is a wonderful invitation for us to boldly approach the throne of grace that we might find grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. So if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter. And our text this morning will be verses 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is the word of God for the people of God. My two children from, grandchildren from Florida have been with us this past week. Uh, Mason is two. He is the most talkative boy I have ever known in my entire life. And he has a phenomenal imagination. We were in the uh, family room earlier this week, and all of a sudden he did a, <gasps> and I looked at him. I didn't know what was going on, and I said, what? He said, snake. Run, pops, run. And so he takes off through the house, and I'm, he's expecting me to run after him. Oh, if we could see the videos of what we do in, in the confines of our own. down the economy of the United States of America. As of last night, the last time I saw the picture on the news, about 13,000 people worldwide have died as a result of this virus, including a little over 300 and climbing here in the United States of America. And we're being told we have not seen the worst yet. The people admitted their sin and begged Moses to pray to God on their behalf, and Moses did. And God gave Moses a remedy. He told him to make a snake and to put it on a pole and to raise it up in the middle of the camp. And so Moses made a snake out of bronze and raised it up in the camp. And the instructions to the people were, if you're bitten by one of the fiery serpents, all you need to do is to look up at the serpent on the pole and you will live. And that's exactly what happened. But what makes this Old Testament story more significant is that Jesus refers to it. And where he refers to it. The very three verses that precede the most famous 
verse in the entire Bible, John 3.16, is the place where Jesus refers to this specific story in Numbers chapter 21. I want to read those verses for you just a second. No one has ever gone through heaven, into heaven, except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Jesus very clearly was referring to his crucifixion. That the day would come when uh, the Roman soldiers, we, would nail him to a cross and then we would elevate him, not necessarily far feet, but we would lift him up on this earth, on a cross, to die for our sins. Everyone who looks to him, Jesus said, will be saved. There are people dying all around the world today, and most of them without Jesus. When we already have the remedy for salvation. All of us need to be prepared for death one day. And you and I as Christians need to be sharing the good news with a sense of urgency because we don't know when the end is coming. But I wonder if there's not another meaning to Jesus' words about being lifted up. He's not on the cross anymore. That was 2,000 years ago. They buried him in a tomb, and three days later, God indeed lifted him up. Lifted him up from the dead, and after 40 days of wandering on this earth and making some appearances to some key people, God lifted him way up. And the Bible says in our passage this morning, we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens. He is seated at this very moment in time, high and lifted up, at the right hand of God the Father. A position of honor, a position of power, a position of glory. And so maybe this morning we're not looking high enough. Maybe we don't understand what it means to have Jesus as our great high priest. There were other high priests in biblical times, starting with, Mo, with Aaron in the, in the Old Testament. The high priest was the, the one mediator between God and his people. The, the high priest was the only one on the Day of Atonement, one time a year, we find it in Leviticus 16, who was able to go into the Holy of Holies, the only time in the year, on behalf of God's people to make a sacrifice for their sins for the year. It was a, it was a very special day for the people of Israel where God indeed, according to his own commandments and his own prescriptions, absolved them of all their sin, and the scapegoat was run out of their midst. And so God forgave his people of their sins, a very important ministry that was performed only by the high priest. But none of the other high priests in the Bible are called great. Only Jesus is. And so the book of Hebrews, the central theme of Hebrews, is the priesthood of Jesus Christ. And what he is doing right now in heaven on behalf of his people. And I want to suggest to you this morning that we need to look up. We need to look on the Son of Man who has been lifted up on the cross, yes, for sure. That evokes all kind of emotions in me when I realize what Jesus did for me. But our Savior has been lifted above this earth. He is seated at this very moment in time at the right hand of God the Father. And so I want to ask the question this morning, what makes Jesus such a great high priest? Well, first of all, his person. He's the only person who ever lived on this earth who was both fully human and fully divine. I'm going to read for you from Philippians chapter 2, one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible, jumping in with verse 8 and reading only through verse, I mean, verse 5 and reading only through verse 8. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus 
who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus is God, equal to him. But he gave that up for a period of time. He was still equal to God, but he gave his glory up in heaven for a period of time and took on human flesh so that he could experience what you and I experience on this earth, so that he could live a sinless, bring us to God, and can bring to us all that God has for us. He is the one mediator, the Bible says, that we have with God Almighty on his throne in heaven. There's no one else like him, and there never will be. So one of the things that makes our high priest so great is his person, but also his position. Aaron entered the Holy of Holies one time a year to be in God's presence. We read about that, as I said, in, in Leviticus chapter 16. Jesus isn't in, in God's presence one time a year. Jesus is seated at God's right hand, right next to the Father, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. His access to the Father is immediate, it is complete, and it is eternal. And not only is Jesus in heaven right now, but he is enthroned. This image of a throne is very important to us. All kings have a throne, and our king has a throne. And the Bible says his throne is a throne of grace. Now, you've got to go back to the Old Testament and understand this image of the throne and, and what it relates to God's presence. I'm going to take you all the way back to the book of Exodus, the 25th chapter, and I'm going to read for you beginning with verses 17 through 22. God is giving Moses instructions for the, uh, the building of the ark. We, we've got movies about the Ark of the Covenant, Raiders of the Lost Ark. This ark was very important because it was God's, it represented, we'll talk about that, represented God's presence with his people in Old Testament times, particularly as they journeyed uh, in, in the wilderness. And so I'm going to skip the ark itself, but there's a cover. There's an atonement cover on that ark, and this is what I want to read for you when you get this image of throne that is talked about in Hebrews. Exodus chapter 25, beginning with verse 17. God instructs Moses, make an atonement cover of pure gold, two and a half cubits long. A cubit is about 18 inches. Two and a half cubits long and a cubit and a half wide. And make two cherubim out of hammered gold at the ends of the cover. Make one cherub on the one end and the second cherub on the other. Make the cherubim of one piece with the cover at the two ends. The cherubim are to have their wings spread upward and overshadowing the, shadowing the cover with them. The cherubim are to face each other looking toward the cover. Place the cover on the top of the ark and put in the ark the testimony which I will give you. There above the cover between the two cherubim that are over the ark of the testimony, I will meet with you and give you all my commands for the Israelites. And so folks, God wasn't in the box. God wasn't in the chest. There was a mercy seat on top of the gold cover, two cherubim facing in, wings spread upward, and God said, this is where I'm going to meet you, Moses or Aaron, when you come in at the Holy of Holies. This is where I'm going to give you the instructions for your people. This is where I'm going to meet with you and absolve my people of their sin. And so Jesus positioned on his throne of grace, the very throne that the Bible tells us to approach with confidence whenever we want to, anytime we need, makes our high priest great. 
It means we have immediate access to the Father 24-7. And so part of what makes our high priest so great is his person. And part of what makes our high priest so great is his position, where he is at this very moment in time and will always be on our behalf. And third, also his provision. Here's what the Bible says. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus is great because his mercy and his grace are great. The things that our great high priest provides for us are great, and it makes our high priest himself great. Now, the two terms, mercy and grace, are not synonymous. Sometimes we lump them together. They're both very strong biblical words. You'll find them throughout the scriptures. But they're not synonymous. Mercy means that God does not give us what we deserve. When we show somebody mercy, they, we may show our children mercy. They may do something we told them not to do. We may choose not to punish them. We are showing mercy. God shows us mercy. God does not give us what we deserve. Romans 6.23 is a perfect example. We know that we've all sinned. We know that the penalty of sin is death. Romans 6.23, the penalty of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we deserve death, but God gives us mercy. He doesn't give us death. He gives us the gift of eternal life. Grace, a little bit to a contra of contrast, means that God gives us what we don't deserve. Grace is the things that God provides for us in our life as Christians that we don't deserve. And I have talked, there's a whole sermon on this, there's a whole series of sermons on this, but I want, I want to share something that somebody shared with me many years ago that, that profoundly shaped my understanding of throne of grace, God of grace. There are two major kinds of grace. The first is delivering grace. That's the grace that we pray for all the time. We want God to deliver us from something. And certainly he's done that in, in giving us our salvation. All of us who are believers have experienced God's delivering grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. So all of us who are believers have experienced God's delivering grace. And I would guess that every one of us who's been a believer for any length of time can give at least one and, and probably many other examples of God's delivering grace, where God God delivered us from something, particularly if we asked him to do that, and he delivered us from that. But when God does not respond with delivering grace, and he does not do that all the time, he always responds with his sustaining grace. And there are many examples of the scripture. One of them is his son in the Garden of Gethsemane. If anyone deserved an answer of yes to his prayer, it was Jesus. You want to talk about deserving God's delivering grace, it's Jesus. Father, if at all possible, let this cup pass. I, I don't want to drink this cup. And we don't hear God speaking from heaven, but we know the answer was no. God did not deliver his son from the crucifixion because it was part of his plan of salvation. Had he delivered him, we wouldn't have a savior today. And so God allowed his son to go through the cross, but God sustained his son. You see Jesus rise from that prostrate position in the Garden of Gethsemane and approach with, with uh confidence and with just uh, a sense of purpose moving right on through the cross he knew his father had answered the answer was no on delivering grace the answer was yes on sustaining grace paul's another one paul was on fire for the lord doing great things whatever that thorn in the flesh was we don't know we don't need to know paul asked the lord three times to deliver him from that thorn and jesus god's answer was my grace is sufficient for you i'm not taking the thorn away but i am going to sustain you to continue to do your ministry for me and so God gives us his grace, what we don't deserve. David Jeremiah says it this way. God gives us mercy 
from past failures and grace for present needs. God gives us mercy for past failures and grace for present needs. And so Jesus, our great high priest, from his position at God's right hand, gives us both mercy and grace in our time of need. That in time of need can literally mean just in the nick of time. Right when we need it. Therefore. Therefore, the Bible says, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Let us cling tightly to our faith as we live it out, especially in difficult times. That's exactly where the Israelites who wandered in the wilderness failed miserably. Can you imagine? These are the ones who watched God miraculously deliver them from slavery. They literally saw the waters of the Red Sea part. They walked through on dry ground. They looked back and saw the Egyptian army covered over with water. They watched all, they were still under the cloud. Every single day there was a pillar of cloud in the day and there was a pillar of fire at night that represented God's presence with them. They were still under the cloud. They had seen it all. And they could not believe that, that God could deliver them into the promised land. A terrible testimony to the power of God. And so later in the book of Hebrews, we get to that chapter 11. We call it the heroes of the faith. The, the, the readers of Hebrews are reminded of those heroes. They too faced difficulties. They faced challenges on this earth. And yet they held fast to the faith that they professed. And their reward is in heaven. This is our season of serious trial and testing. This is our opportunity to declare the greatness of our high priest. We need to turn to the throne of grace for the help that Christ alone can give us. I found a devotion after I had prepared my sermon today, but it fit perfectly, written by Anne Graham Lotz. Some of you who may get her emails may have seen this. The title of the little devotion is, This is the Time to Look Up. COVID-19, otherwise known as the coronavirus, has created national fear in a way I have not witnessed in my lifetime. As of this writing, ball games are being canceled. Theaters are shutting down. Schools are closing. Travel is restricted. And the stock market is on a crazy, wild roller coaster ride. Folks, it's tanking. Jesus warned us that at the end of time, there would be pestilences. In the last few years, we have endured SARS, the swine flu, Ebola, avian flu, MERS, West Nile virus, and now the coronavirus. Could COVID-19 be one more sign that our redemption is drawing near? And if so, is fear the proper response? Let me read those two sentences again. Could COVID-19 be one more sign that our redemption is drawing near? And if so, is fear the proper response. This is the time to look up from our knees. Let's ask God to give us a fresh vision of himself because God is our refuge and strength, the Bible says, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, Psalm 46, verses 1 and 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the deadly pestilence. Psalm 91 verses 2 and 3. You and I need to make sure we're, we're right with God so that we're ready to meet him whenever the time comes. 
and then join me in helping someone else get right with God. Let's pull out all the stops as we tell others that it's possible to have peace in the midst of the storm and confident hope for tomorrow, claiming Jesus' promise, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Folks, I'm here to, to proclaim to you that we have a great high priest. He understands and sympathizes with our weaknesses. He is more than capable of sustaining us by his grace, and he invites us to approach his throne of grace with confidence that we may receive both mercy and grace to help us in our time of need, just in the nick of time. It is that time. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the reminding, reminder in your word today that your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is seated at your right hand on his throne of grace. That his grace is more than sufficient for every single one of our needs in this life. That his sacrifice on the cross on, on our behalf for our sins enables him to provide mercy to us as well. And so, Father, thank you for your invitation this morning. It's an invitation we need to hear. It's an invitation our world needs to hear. It's an invitation your people need to hear, and it's an invitation that people who don't yet know you need to hear, that we are to come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ, to his throne of mercy, that we may receive his mercy and grace in abundance in our time of need. Father, thank you for our, son, our Savior, Jesus. Thank you for his position at your right hand. Thank you for his grace in today's times. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to sing in just a moment some of the familiar words of a familiar hymn, Amazing Grace. Have you experienced that grace in your life? Have you come to the place where you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord and experienced his mercy for your past sins and his grace to sustain you in life? My friend, that is God's invitation to you this morning, whether you're listening over the radio or checking us out on live stream. Our God wants to give you his mercy and grace because of your sin. And I want to ask you this question, Christian. Who do you know that needs God's mercy and grace in their life? Who do you need to share the good news of Jesus Christ with in your circles of influence? Our world is very unstable. Danger and death are all around. Fear is rampant. You and I have the answer. Who are you going to share Jesus with this week? And Christian, I know the days are troubling, and I know they're probably going to get worse before they get better. But God has not called us to live in fear. He has called us to approach his throne of grace, that we may receive that grace in abundance in our time of need.
Thank you, God, our Father, Jesus, our Son, your Son, and the Holy Spirit, our guide, for being here and in our homes all at the same time. Give us sustaining grace for the present needs, and someday soon, God, your ultimate deliverance. It is in your conquering Son's name that we pray. Amen. benefit of those of you on radio, I'm Gary Gamble. I serve as your church administrator. Thanks to our 2020 vision efforts over the last several years and your generosity, your church is debt-free and on sound financial footing as we go into this challenging time. We're doing everything that we can to take care of our staff and especially our hourly support staff that might be most affected. We want our church to remain strong and to be able to respond to the needs that we know about 
and we know that there will be some coming that we don't know about yet. So I ask you to continue, I invite you to continue to give generously. Giving faithfully and generously in times of uncertainty is a testimony that we believe and acknowledge that all we have comes from God and that we're trusting him to meet our needs. This is the part of the service where we would normally pass offering plates. I invite you now to participate just as if you are present with us all together. If you usually give by check, now's a good time. Go ahead and write the check, put it in an envelope, put the address on it, and put it in the mail tomorrow. The mailman is still running, although we are making him drop the mail in a box outside the door. You can give online by using a debit or credit card. Go to SnyderNBC.com and click the giving and tithing tab that's near the top of the home page. I encourage you to do that now, just as if you were passing the offering plate. You can also use the Church Life app on your iPhone. If you need help downloading the app or using the app, please call us at the office and we'll be glad to help you. Many of our members enjoy the convenience of giving by automatic draft. It's simple, it's secure, and once it's set up, you never have to worry about it again. For any questions that you have about any of these ways of giving, please call us in the church office. God bless you and God bless all of us as we continue to give, serve, and pray faithfully. Good morning, everyone. My name is Aaron Ashley, and I'm your Interim Director of Youth Ministries. Please allow me to pronounce this morning's benediction. You are the body of Christ. May you have the heart of Christ, full of tender mercy and grace. And may you have the eyes of Christ to see a world in need. May you have the feet of Christ to bring the good news. Go in peace, have a week of peace, and God be with you. Amen.
Name is love.